0: I'd like to thank Dr. Greenfield for leading in prayer for us. Our Bible reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 2. We're reading from verse 8 through to verse 14. Let's hear the word of God. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and in earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of his own precious and infallible word. Now my text this Christmas morning is taken from Luke chapter 2 in the verse 14, and I want us to focus on the words, "And on Earth, peace." Now this is the third message that I'm saying in this little mini-series of God's message at Christmas time. Last Lord's Day, we thought of the overall theme, glad tidings for all at Christmas time. And in the evening, we looked at the subject, joy for all at Christmas time. Um, and now uh, we're coming to the third message. And the third message that I've entitled is peace for all at Christmas time. And I want to think of these words on earth, peace. You see, Christmas time is the most wonderful time of the year. I I believe that, and I know that you believe that. And it's my prayer that the blessing of the Lord will be upon each of us at this most miraculous time of the year. For it's at this time of the year we remember the mystery of the Incarnation. Great is the mystery of God, and as God was manifest in the flesh. We remember the miracle of Christ's virgin birth at Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. The miracle of all miracles. We remember the mercy of God in providing a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see, what is Christmas all about? So if we stop people in the street, they'll say, oh, it's about families. It's about mealtimes together. shopping, giving, receiving, parties, making merriment. We would get a variety of responses. And now it is about these things. But they're on the periphery. But there's so much more. What is connected to this mystery, this miracle, this, this this mercy from God? It's the key message that God is glad tidings for all, that God is joy for all, and that God is peace for all at Christmas time. See, the word peace is mentioned 420 times in the Bible. Eighteen of these are in the Gospel of Luke alone. And Luke chapter 2, verse 14, when the angels sang, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. That's the second reference to peace in the Gospel of Luke. Think of these words and on earth peace. Now, what did the angels mean when they sang these words? The Roman soldiers ruled the world, they controlled everything. This was a time of war. In the first century This was a day of great poverty And want This was a day of Enslavement This was a day of persecution Of of all kinds of people So what did the angels mean And on earth Peace? Well that's what we want to think about This morning Four little thoughts come to mind As I uh, try to uh, prepare This message Think of this, the epitome Of peace. You see, and on earth peace, I believe that's a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the very embodiment of what peace is. Ephesians 2, verse 14 says this He is our peace. And you see, true peace, the peace that's found embodied in Jesus Christ is eternal, it's unchanging. It's it's holy, it's pure, it's, it's, it's abiding. Remember one of his names, Isaiah 9 and verse 6 and 7. And we read of Christ, speaking of him, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name, it's fivefold here. One name that's fivefold. his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And the fifth is the Prince of Peace. And, 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 And this is connected to grace, because five in the Bible is the number of grace. You see, there's a lot of talk today about peace, isn't there? Listen to the politicians. And we need peace in places like Ukraine. Ten months of war. What do they mean when they talk about peace for Ukraine? Well, they mean a cessation of the war, an end to all the hostilities, stop the bloodshed and the mayhem and the destruction. But when the Bible, young people, speaks of peace, so much more. So when you hear a politician using the word peace, I, I want you to think of something more than just a, a cessation of hostilities or a- or a stopping of the war. The the Bible, when it speaks of peace. That word peace is in itself a title for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible's peace is more than an end to the war. It's a true inner contentment that rules your heart and mind through the Lord Jesus Christ. He, as Prince of Peace, stands head and shoulders above all the so-called peacemakers in the world. He's the very embodiment, the very epitome of what true peace is. You know the Bible talks about the God of peace and and that again is connected to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ because he's God in the flesh. He is Emmanuel, God with us and the God of peace has come into our world to reveal to us what true peace is. So that's the first thing. The, The second thing is this the explanation of peace. You see This is what I was really thinking of. Whenever these angels broke over the ramparts of heaven and started to sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill to men, inherent in that declaration of praise is a declaration about Christ. He has come into the world, the Prince of Peace, the one who stands head and shoulders above all the peacemakers of the world, and he has come to make peace. He has come to bring peace into a very troubled world. Remember what he says in John chapter 14 and in the verse 27. He said this to his disciples. They were troubled and worried and frightened about the future. And he said this, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You've got to contrast in your mind those words. My peace. And the peace that the world speaks about or even experiences. Over there in the book of Romans, if I tie this together, in Romans chapter 14 and in the verse 17, the apostle Paul, he mentioned peace quite a bit in his epistles. Romans 14 and verse 17. This is what he said, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. What is God's kingdom all about? It's not just about bringing the end of hostility. It's not just about meat and drink and external things and holy days and dietary laws. No, it's about righteousness. It's about peace. It's about joy in the Holy Ghost. We were singing there, or I was repeating to you, rather, uh, the words of Henry, Ward, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's poem. Verse 4 says, Christmas bells, he titled it. And in despair I have in my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. He wrote that at the end of December uh, 1863, months after the Battle of Gettysburg. He himself, I think, had lost a son uh, uh, in the, the Battle of Gettysburg. And he was broken. And he was thinking of the church bells pealing out the message on Christmas Day, peace on earth, goodwill to me. And he was thinking, how can the message of the church bells be reconciled with cannon bells? See, remember, the Savior said, think not that I've come to send peace on earth. I've come not to send peace, but a sword. Isn't that interesting? That seems contradictory. On the one hand, we've got a scripture that says peace, or on earth, peace. And then later on in Matthew 10, 34, the Lord Jesus says, Think not that I've come to send peace on earth. I've come not to send peace, but a sword. But I want to tell you it's not contradictory. Because it's how you understand what peace is. How can we reconcile peace on earth and war on earth? Will you link it up with Romans chapter 14, verse 17. And you've got to think of what true Christianity is all about. It's not about meat and drink and holy days and holidays and dietary laws. It's about God's righteousness. It's about God's peace. It's about God's joy in the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you, that's more than just a personal experience. That's more than just a a subjective reality. Bible-believing Christianity is more about personal experience. It's not only about righteousness and peace and joy in a subjective sense. That's not the ultimate description of true Bible-believing Christianity. There's much more. The subjective side and aspect is linked to the objective side and aspect. Where does right living come from? Where does peace of heart and mind and inner contentment that that safeguards you and secures you in the midst of trials come from? Where does the joy of the Lord come from? Where does it all flow from? It flows from the objective truth that Jesus Christ is the embodiment of righteousness, the embodiment of peace, the embodiment of joy, in the Holy Ghost, it's all about God's righteousness, God's peace, and God's joy. And once we grasp hold of that, that's the explanation. And in earth, peace. It's, 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 it's God's peace that's embodied in Christ that's come to earth. The third thing is this. The experience of God's peace. You see, I believe that mankind is on a search for God's peace. Since the fall of Adam into a state of sin and misery, mankind has been on a search for peace. But he's never found it. He certainly never found it by himself, not through the preacher or or through the, the, the priest or the pope. Why could the sinner not find peace, even though he's on a quest and a search to find it? Well, here's the answer. Because every lost sinner is at war with God. You know, the Bible says isaiah fifty-seven twenty-one. there is no peace saith my god to the wicked every sinner outside of jesus christ in the eyes of god is evil today now that hurts people's pride see in the eyes of men they're good they're upright they're honest they're respectful they're helpful but let's look at it not from the eyes of men, how, how we view each other, but, but view it from the eyes of God. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Because man is dead in trespasses and trespasses in sin. His will is dead. His understanding is darkened. His affections are diseased. He can't see. He doesn't love God. He doesn't know God. He doesn't enjoy God. The, 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 the sinner is in a state of rebellion to God. And that's a picture of every sinner in Adam with a bad record and a bad heart. And every lost sinner is is fighting God. And he loves his sin. And he's in a state of total rebellion. And he uses his sin to fight against God. And more so, God is at war with him. I'll tell you something else. The devil's at war with every sinner. Because the devil's out to destroy sinners and damn sinners ruin their souls. He he takes delight in that, in this awful place called hell. And this ungodly world is at war with the sinner. And fellow countrymen and women are at war with the sinner. Why, we live in a world of robbery and murder and greed. Even the angels are are at war with the sinner and, and want to bring down the righteous judgment of God upon their heads. The sinner's own sin his own passions and lusts are at war with him. He's plagued with doubt, fear, guilt, worry. See, see, every sinner's in a state of continual war, a war that he can't win. And this quest and search goes on. Wealth. I want to become a millionaire. I want to be a billionaire. That, that'll calm my mind. That'll content my soul. It won't. I'll be better educated. I'll get a better job. I'll, I'll have a good position in the bank. And then I'll have peace of mind and heart. You won't. And, and then others go into um, property and think well you know if I had five houses rather than four I'll be happier or 10 houses and I'll not have any worries well that that won't bring inner peace and contentment and how many young people experiment with drugs illegal and prescribed experiment with drink a pleasure crazed age but they can't find peace and the search goes on. And they're like the troubled sea. They cast up mire and dirt. But, but, but the searching of God's peace, they can't find it. Because there is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. What about the securing of God's peace in the experience? How can we know this? Here's the answer. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the securing of God's peace, you can have peace with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That means an end of the war, an end of hostility between God and the sinner, an end of estrangement, and the establishment of relationship and friendship. The war is brought to an end through faith in Christ. How? Because remember what Colossians chapter 1 uh, tells us uh, in the the verse 20. uh, Speaking of Christ, um, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, uh, this is what it says. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. You see, the ultimate source of securing God's peace, peace with God, is through the Lord Jesus Christ on the ground of the shed. That should be of no surprise. You, You won't find peace until you seek after the Lord Jesus Christ. Because part of the glad tidings centered in Christ Is on earth peace It's peace with God first Remember there's bad news You're in a state of war with God The good news is Jesus Christ came to purchase and procure God's peace And bring into your life every blessing of righteousness So you can have a right standing with God Remember Psalmist 85 verse 10 Talks about righteousness and peace Kissing each other Where? Where? Well, it was at the cross. You come into this standing only through Jesus Christ, faith in him. Let me ask, have you got peace with God? Let me just wrap this up. and and, In this experience, not only searching and and, and securing, but, but sensing God's peace. You see, before you can know the peace of God in the midst of a life of difficulty and trials, you must know peace with God. And that's very important. And people want the peace of God. Inner contentment and, 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 and tranquility even in the midst of trials. And, and it's not there. It's not a reality because they haven't got peace with God first. And, and thousands have no calmness of heart and mind. They've no inner contentment. Why? Because they're not in the right relationship with God. There hasn't been an end to the estrangement. There hasn't been the establishment of a relationship. So therefore there cannot be the peace of God that, that secures your heart and mind. Over there in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7, remember we read there Philippians chapter 4 and the, the, the Bible tells us uh, these things, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that your request be be known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, it's not looking to a change in circumstances or location or trials or, or, or afflictions. This peace of God is not something that's effortless, not something that's automatic. The more you deal with Christ, the more you look to him, the more you, 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 you spend time with him, the more this sense of peace comes into your heart and into your life. Remember the source of peace? There's a misconception here. There's no peace with the devil. You're always going to be at war with the devil. You, 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 you have um, uh, no peace with sin. You're always going to be tempted by sin, to sin. You, you're, you're going to be pulled down by the power of sin. You're, there's no peace with your sinful nature. The flesh and the spirit are at war. There's no peace with the world at large. No peace with ungodly men. They're going to be vexed and troubled and persecuted by them. No, no, no peace with apostasy. No, no, no peace with backsliding. No, no, no peace No peace in sinning against God. You see, peace with God will eventually progress in degrees and lead to the peace of God as you deal with Christ. That's the source of that peace. And as you know the peace, of, peace with God and the peace of God that keeps you in a state of inner contentment, then you can live peaceably by God as far as possible as you deal with other men on the basis of, of truth and righteousness. But as a Christian, you say no to the devil, no to sin, no to the world, and no to ungodly men. And one final thing. The enjoyment of God's peace, not only the embodiment or the epitome of it, and not only the, the explanation of it, and, and, and not only the experience of it, but the enjoyment of it. You see, this peace with God, you could walk through the fire, you could walk through the flood. This peace with God and of God and by God doesn't mean that you're aloof from life's troubles, but in the midst of life's troubles, when you're bursting with brokenness and the tears are flowing and you feel your world is falling apart, you're you're steadied and you're gripped by that inner peace and true contentment. That, that, That peace will sustain us in the midst of a crisis, hardship and difficulty. That peace will lift us up to the heavenlies. That peace will keep us focused on Christ and keep going on with him. You can enjoy this peace of God in the midst of life's difficulties. It's not a mindless exercise. It's it's not an effortless exercise. Here's how to maintain it. Live and walk in the Spirit. Read and study God's Word. Meditate on the promises. Stand on the promises. Make sure you're doing the will of God from the heart. Take worldly problems to the Lord in prayer. I was visiting a man... Not that far from the church. He's maybe listening in. He had a lovely plaque up on the wall. And it says this. When you put your problems into God's hands. God puts his peace in your heart. And I thought hallelujah. That's, that's, that's wonderful. I've been blessed just by thinking about it. And we talked about that lovely scripture. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed in thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Not only live and walk in the spirit, not only read and study the word and stand in the promises, not only make sure you're doing the will of God, but take your problems to the Lord in prayer. Put them into his hands and, and say, Lord, put your peace in my heart, that perfect peace. And trust him that he's the Lord of all. He knows best and he is sovereign. And you know, if we think of on earth peace, it's the embodiment of Christ who he is. And you understand the explanation that it's all connected to God's righteousness and God's peace and God's joy for us in the world. And then you you realize there's an exercise here. I must experience this by, by searching and finding for it in the right place through Christ and sensing that I've got peace with God and the peace of God and peace by others. Then you can enjoy this as you make the effort as you exercise yourself in these particular ways. The Lord bless you today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. And I pray that the blessing of the Lord will be our portion at this Christmas time.